All right, if you've got a Bible, turn to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 16, I'll read a familiar text. I want to say while you're turning, it is my honor uh, to be here today and to be a part of this special day. And, uh, and I thank the Lord to be a part of Advanced Bible College and uh, all that the Lord is uh, allowing us to, uh, to do on His behalf. And I'm thankful for that. And I appreciate everybody, appreciate these students. And I was thinking about uh, while I was sitting there that, um, you know, even uh, if you get your degree today, but that's not the end of studying the Scriptures. And uh, there's no way. It does not matter how, how long you take Bible college or study the Word of God. There's no uh, getting to the, to the end of the depths of in the Word of God. And, uh, and I'm thankful for that. Amen. I'm, got a, I'm glad we have a book that we can study and study and study and still be amazed at it every single time. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. And, uh, and, I, and I appreciate uh, these that have come this evening, or this afternoon. First Samuel chapter number 16, if you're able, would you stand as we read the scriptures? We'll read a lengthy passage and just give you a few thoughts this evening. First Samuel chapter number 16. In verse number 1, the Bible said, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil, and go and send thee to Jesse the Bethlehem, for I have provided, provided, provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will shew thee what... Thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto him, unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? Boy, I could preach on that. When the man of God came to town. Amen. They, they were concerned when the man, man of, the man of God, amen, when God's man came to town. Verse 5, and he said, Peaceably. I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the, to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth, for a man looketh on the outward appearance but the Lord looketh on the heart. And then Jesse called Abinadab and made him to pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And then Jesse said, Shammah, made Shammah to pass by. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And again Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And, Sa and Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him, brought him in, and now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and, a, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose and he went to Ramah. Raymond. Verse 14, And the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit of the Lord troubled him. 
Saul's servants said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil, when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servant, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. And then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, the Bethlehemite that is cunning in playing, and a mighty valiant man, a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Amen. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him. And, and he loved him greatly and he came, became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an, an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well and the evil spirit departed from him. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be here this afternoon. Lord, thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Lord God, for who you are and all that you've done for us. Thank you, God, for the good, sweet songs of Zion. And, Lord, how you've already ministered to our heart and song. Thank you for the Spirit of God today. Thank you, God, for these that have gathered out. Thank you, Lord, for these young men, God, that have, uh, Lord, been dedicated to their studies and are here to receive their degree. Lord, I pray for them. Lord, I pray you touch them, and I pray you would encourage them in the Lord. God, I pray that you would have your hand upon their lives and upon their ministries. And, Lord, I pray you'd use them in a mighty way. God, I just ask you that you'd help us, Lord, to be a blessing to your people this evening. God, you and I both know that I cannot do anything within myself. I need your touch. God, I need your power. And, Lord, I ask you that you'd, Lord, just do that that only you can. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. Of course, this is a familiar passage where uh, David is anointed as the next king instead of Saul. And I want to preach on this and look at these verses this afternoon and preach on this thought on the type of individual that God uses. The type of individual that God uses. Certainly we, we can say that David was a man that was greatly used of God. Matter of fact, we could say a lot about David and how much he is mentioned throughout the Word of God, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New as well. And uh, God used this man in a mighty way. I think sometimes if we ain't careful, we'll look more at the failures of David than we do the great accomplishments of this man. But this man was the sweet psalmist of Israel, and God had his hand upon him and used him in a mighty way. And this is where it all began in the life of David. Now we'll look at this this afternoon and show you a few things. First of all, don't you notice the anointing of David? How we'll find in this text that David is anointed by Samuel to replace Saul and to be the next king. He was God's chosen. He was God's anointing. We know that Saul was the people's choice, but David was the choice of God. So in this anointing, notice the selection in it. The Bible tells us in verse number 1 when the Lord spoke unto Samuel that he told him in verse number 1, I have provided me a king 
among his sons or the sons of Jesse. And so God said, I have already selected a man amongst the sons of Jesse. Verse number 7, the Bible said, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. Of course, he's speaking of a lie. But, and, and because I have refused him, for the Lord seeth not as a man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And indeed, the Lord did look upon the heart, and he knew the heart of David. Now, what God was after, he was after a man. Uh, listen, that was after his heart. And he no doubt saw the, uh, the very thought and intent of David's heart and his mind, and he knew what he was. He knew the heart of David. And uh, listen, if, if people was selecting a king or if they was selecting a man to use, they would not have selected David. We see it in the text. Matter of fact, Jesse brings all those sons up there before uh, David is even considered. So David was not uh, maybe on the outward appearance or maybe as the way man thinks of things. He was not an individual that you would look at and maybe think that somebody could do great things for or could accomplish great things. But God looked upon the heart and God knew what he could do with a man. How Listen, that loved him and had a heart for him. And so God selected him because of his heart. So we see the selection in his anointing. But I want you to notice the spirit in his anointing. The Bible tells us in verse number 13. And then Samuel took a horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came, uh, came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. That is the secret of David's success. It was uh, the hand of God upon his life. The Spirit of God uh, came upon David. And God, uh, listen, put his hand upon this man and began to use him from this day forward. And I want to say this, if we're going to be used of God, we need the hand of God upon our life. I'm glad that we have the Spirit of God in us as believers, but we need the Spirit of God on us and his hand and his touch on our life. And David has the touch of God from this day forward and God is going to use him in a mighty way. So we see the Spirit that came upon David in the text. But I want you to notice not only uh, the selection and the spirit, but notice the serving, amen? You say, what are you saying? Well, listen, David was not out doing nothing when the Lord found him or called him, but he was in the field serving. He was already busy. I want to say this, God does not, he does not use or even call lazy people, amen? But he's going to use people that's already serving and already involved in the work of God. And so we see that in this anointing in the life of David. But I'm not only, I'm really what I want to look at is the second part of this chapter in the assignment. We see the anointing. Now don't you notice the assignment of David? In verses uh, 14 down through the rest of the chapter, that's what we have. We have David's first appointment. I mean, listen, he's been taking care of his father's sheep and he's been now he's been anointed and the hand of God is upon him. But what we have in verse number 14 again through the rest of the chapter is David is brought again out of the sheepfold and into the palace of Saul. God is beginning to put him in the place. And from this day forward you can see, uh, listen, uh, David making his journey toward the throne. David making his journey uh, to be the man that God intended 
for him to be. But I want to say this. Listen, there were some things about David that, uh, uh, that opened this door in Saul's palace and caused uh, the opportunity or the open door, if you will, for him. And we see it in this text. Now the Bible tells us in verse number 14, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Now don't let that trouble you. Amen. Amen. And uh, I, don't, I don't have time to deal with this, but uh, listen, but, but, but uh, uh, Saul had rejected the Lord and he had turned his back on God and he had disobeyed the word of God long before and God, no doubt, had brought chastisement and judgment upon him and the evil spirit, uh, it was a spirit of anxiety, it was a spirit of uh, depression. As a matter of fact, many say that uh, uh, the Saul had fits of rage and anger. You see that through his life if you study his life. And it was caused by his own disobedience to the word of God. And so the Bible says in verse number 15, And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to keep to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. And so the servant of Saul had a good plan. He said, uh, let's find a man that can, that can play a harp well. He's a cunning player. He is uh, good at what he does, and we'll bring him in the palace. And every time that this evil spirit comes upon you, we'll let this cunning player begin to play his harp, and it will ease or settle you. And Saul, no doubt, he thought it was a good idea. And so he said, is there a man like that? Is there a man that is a cunning player? Is there a man, is there an individual that fits, uh, listen, that description that you are talking about? And the Bible says in verse number 18, Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. That is a cunning player. And so the servant of Saul said, Hey, I, I saw a young man. I, I, I've seen a young man that fits the description that we're talking about. I've seen a young man that is cunning and playing. And he begins to describe David. And really what he does is he, 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 he gives David's testimony. Amen. And he begins to describe his characteristics before Saul. And so I want to look at this here real quick. Notice first of all that David was indeed a cunning player. Look what the Bible said in verse number 18 again. He said, I have seen the son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in playing. And a mighty valiant man, he was cunning in playing. So uh, he was an experienced, listen, he was an experienced man on the heart. That word cunning, it means an artist, a faithful and trust. It was a man that was faithful and trustworthy in his art. And so David, uh, listen, was he, he could play the heart, but he could do it very well. He was good at what he done. And so the Bible said he was cunning in play. And then let me say this. Uh, he just did not pick up the harp one day and turn into an excellent harp player. 
I mean, listen, I don't know when he received that harp. Probably sometime, that harp sometime on the backside of the desert, though. He had, to, he had to invest some time and some energy and some effort into cultivating the talent that God had given him. No doubt God had given him a talent, but uh, listen, he had developed that talent and he had invested some time, uh, listen, in learning how to be an expert player on the harp. And I want to say this, that if we're going to be effective from God, for, for God, we're going to have to spend some time developing the talents uh, that God has given us. If God has called you into the ministry, He has given you some talents to be used for His honor and for His glory. And those talents are to be cultivated. Uh, listen, they're to be worked at. They're to be developed. And that's what David is doing before he ever got to the palace. Before he ever stood before Saul. Uh, he was on the back side of the desert learning how, how to play that harp. And I want to say this. Uh, I don't think he was doing it with the intention of going to the palace of Saul. He, listen, he was not trying to do that because he thought that he would get a high position in the palace. Oh, no, he just knew he had a talent. And uh, he wanted to uh, take every opportunity he had how to work at it and to develop it and to train and to mold himself to be used in whatever capacity that God would see fit to use him. He didn't know where God was going to take him to. He didn't know he would end up in the palace. He just said, God has given me an ability and I do not want it to go to waste. I want to do everything in my power to develop that. Amen, friend. And uh, listen, that's the way we ought to be this evening. Amen. Whoa, friend. And a lot of people are trying to develop themselves with the intention of getting ahead in the ministry or getting some position. What about just uh, wanting to do something for God? And you don't care if it's in the palace. Uh, uh, listen, on the backside of the desert somewhere, but just a desire how to do something for God. David learned how, how to play that harp uh, all by himself. And so he was cunning in playing. And then notice what the Bible said in verse number 18. And that he was cunning in play and a mighty, valiant man, a man of war. And that's interesting. Because this servant of Saul, when he saw David, he said he's a mighty, valiant man. David's a young man in this text. And there's some people that struggle with this, where this portion of Scripture is placed in the life of David. I think it's exactly where it needs to be. Amen. And so, but the Bible said he, he, he is a man of war. Wait a minute. He hadn't been on the battlefields and fought uh, Goliath yet. He, he, amen. He hadn't fought some of the great battles that we know that he fought yet. He hadn't done those things yet. So what was it about David that made this servant of Saul see him and say, he's a man of war. He's a valiant man. He is a man uh, of war. I want to say, listen, I think he saw the courage in David. David was a courageous young man. We, saw, we see when he stood before Saul, before he fought Goliath, what did he say? He said the bear and the lion came out and he slew them. I'm telling you, listen, here's a young man that did not let the bear or the lion uh, uh, cause him to pull away from his duties, but he stood out on the forefront had with courage to defend the flock that God had given him to watch over. And there's no doubt not only was there 
uh, uh, animals, but there had to be, listen, there had to be people that would come in the fold seeking to steal sheep from the flock of David. And David, would st- he would stand up and use those weapons he had learned to use uh, out there cultivating his talents and preparing himself to be used of God. He's out there defending the flock that God has gave him to defend. And uh, the servant said, David is a valiant man. He's a man of war. He Listen, he is a man of courage. And can I say this? If we're going to do anything for God, it's going to take some courage, especially in the day and time we're living in. Let's just be honest this, this afternoon. It's getting more difficult to take a stand on the things of God in this day and in this hour than it's ever been. There's more opposition. And uh, listen, more. Uh, there's just more seemingly uh, against us and more persecution now than there ever has been. And I hate to be a downer, but that it's not going to get better, but it's going to wax worse and worse. And listen, if we're going to finish the fight, if we're going to stay with God, if we're going to stand on the principles of this book, it's going to take some courage. When the world and everybody else is going a different way and turning their back on the old-time way, hey, listen, I want to stay the stuff, don't you? I'm telling you, there's a, listen, we're living a day when people are going away from the King James Bible and they're dropping their standards and have no convictions. It takes some courage to stand up and say, I'm going to be different this day. I'm going to stick with the old time way. I'm going to separate myself from the world. And it takes some courage and dedication and commitment in this day. I'm telling you, listen, God does not use an individual uh, that, that conforms to the world, but he still seeks an individual that is separate and sanctified and, uh, listen, different from the world. It takes some courage to be that way, amen? Especially, uh, listen, in a younger generation. And so we find that he was a courageous man, amen? Uh, he wouldn't conform to the crowd. You'll find later on in the life, he didn't let Saul change him. Matter of fact, he didn't let how Saul treated him affect how he behaved. Why? Because he, listen, he was a man of courage. He was a man of principle. He was not going to let the king, he was not going to let the critics, he was not going to let the enemy or anybody else change his position on what he knew was right. He was going to stand for truth. He was going to stand for right. He was going to do the right thing. He was a man of courage. Amen. So we see he was a courageous man. But notice this. Notice he was a careful man. Look what the Bible said in verse number 18 again. He was a mighty valiant man, a man of war, and prudent in matters. Now, this word prudent in matters, it means it means David was careful in his speech. Amen. It speaks of his self-control. He's a man of self-control. He was a man of temperance. Uh, listen, he was careful when he spoke. Matter of fact, if you go to chapter number 18, not only in the way that, that he spoke, but the way he conducted himself, the way he carried himself. You go to chapter number 18, and the Bible says, I think four times in that chapter that he behaved himself wisely and very wisely and even more wisely than all the servants of Saul. Why was that? He was careful to protect his testimony. He was careful in what he said and how he conducted himself. He listened around those that he had influence on. Amen. And I'm telling you, friend, we need to be careful on this day. We need to be. We need to speak with wisdom. 
We need to live with wisdom, amen? Be careful how we conduct ourselves. It is important. Hey, listen, some of you young men, as a man of God, it's important how you talk. It's important how you act. It's important how you dress. It's important how you conduct yourself. It's important what you put on social media, how for everybody to see. Listen, how we need to use some wisdom in, in, in matters, in all matters of life. He was a man of wisdom, amen? Amen. Hey, listen, there's going to be a lot of times you're going to want to say things and do things, but you know if you say those things and do those things, uh, uh, listen, it's not really going to benefit anything. Amen. Hey, it's not going to benefit anything. Hey, well, I stroll down social media sometimes and I see people and, and say things. I mean, I want to get on there and blow them out. Amen. Amen. I want to get on there and say, you bunch of stinking liberals. Amen. Amen. You bunch of cowards, you used to stand on truth. What happened to you? Amen. Amen. That's what I want to do. Amen. But I'm telling you, that ain't going to help anything. Amen. So he was prudent in, in, in matters. Listen, not only was he a careful man, but he was a comely man. I don't think anybody has anything to worry about on this avenue. The Bible said he was a comely person. I spoke of his appearance. He's a good-looking young man. Y'all ain't got nothing to worry about on that. Y'all ain't got he was a good look, but I think, I think it had more to do than just his physical appearance. Amen. It had to do with how he presented himself. Not just that he was good to look upon. He was a good-looking young man, and he was. But it had to do with how he, how he presented himself, how he carried himself, how he clothed himself. Amen. How, I know it's a Bible college graduation, but I'm just telling you, if God's going to use a man, it's going to be a man that's careful and prudent. It's going to be an individual that is comely. And listen, it does not stand out, but is uh, modest in their apparel, modest in their speech, and modest in their action. He was a comely man. Amen. Speaks of his, how he presented himself. But notice this, and I'm about done. Notice he was a consecrated man. Look at verse, verse number 18 says. And he was a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Amen. That's the key. The Lord is with him. The hand of God, listen, he was anointed, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. But it appears that David was careful to try to protect the hand of God upon him. He was careful to keep that touch and that. And we know later in life he made some mistakes, but I'm just talking about here in this text that God is opening a door for him and God is putting him in a place. Why did he put him in a palace? Well, he's going to be there eventually. He's going to rule upon that throne eventually. And what better way to learn how to be a, a ruler than learn from one yourself. And God put him in that palace to teach him, to guide him, to mold him, and to shape him for a day that he would put him upon that throne. And David was careful to protect the touch of God and the hand of God upon him. And the Lord was with him. Amen. Man, that, I'm telling you, we need, we, that's what we need in this day. We need God's hand. Amen. And it's amazing. You see so many people start out right. Start out the touch of God. Start, start out preaching right, doing right. Amen. And, and seem like uh, they, they, they completely turn their back on everything that they've been taught. Amen. And, and listen, they, they, and to think that it couldn't happen to any one of us is foolish. I've seen young men go astray, but I've seen older men go astray. 
And to think that we are not capable of going in a different direction, how to think that is foolish, how, but we need to be careful how to guard what God has given us. And you need to be careful to guard the touch of God and the hand of God upon your life. Hey, listen, he was, he died. the Lord is with him. Amen. So notice this. The Bible said, Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And, Je and Jesse took an ass and laden with bread and a bottle of wine to kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him. Watch this. And he loved him greatly. And the Bible said, For he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass when an evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an heart and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from here. This is what, listen, I, I said all that to say this. David done everything in his power to put himself in a position for God to use him. My pastor's here today, and I appreciate my pastor. And uh, he told me years ago, you know, oftentimes I, I remember when I first started out, I was praying for God to use me, and God to use me, and God to open doors. And, God, and this is what he told me, Brother Jarvis. He said, if you'll get usable, if you'll get usable, he said, God will use you. Amen. And I'm telling you, if we make ourselves usable, and we put our, and that's what this Bible college is about. It's about putting yourself in a position. Who knows what God's going to have you doing next year, next month, 10 years from now. Who knows where any of us are going to be, but we should do everything in our ability to put ourselves in the positions that we need to put ourselves in in order for God to use our life. How to bring honor and glory to Him. That is the goal today. Amen. David was usable. I wonder this afternoon, are you and I usable? Amen. He was. And I think if we'll, if we'll, if we'll make ourselves, if we'll do what we can to become usable, He'll use us. I believe that's right, don't you? Let's pray. Let's bow our head for a word of prayer. I'm going to pray. Father, we love you today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be able to proclaim the Word of God. And Lord, I ask you that you would just help us today to take these truths and hide them in our hearts. Not just, Lord, these graduating, but God, all of us today. I thank, Lord, as, as your children, every one of us should have a desire to be used of you. God, I pray that you would help us to do everything we can do to put ourselves in that position to be usable. Touch our hearts today. Bless the remainder of the service. Get glory to yourself. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.